Hey, good morning to you. A happy Wednesday. It's Bruce and Judy with you. Good morning. Be careful out there, by the way. The rain is going to continue at least for a little while, probably through the morning, which means your your commute could be a bit moist. Uh, Yeah, the commute was a little rough this morning. What specifically? Lots of flooding. It's like standing water on the road? Exactly. Flooding on the road. When you go 80 miles an hour and, you know, through that flood. Yeah. You You skip across it. You, I mean, uh, the spray of water for all the other cars next to you, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard to see, of course, at this point. Sure, sure. Do be careful. If you are, if you hydroplane, by the way, it's coming from the race car driver. Um, If you find yourself where you can feel the car, usually like the steering wheel gets light. It's the way I would describe it. And uh, the wheels are kind of up on the water. Remember, don't stab on the brake. Just let off the gas. Let the car, Mm -hmm. let the car actually settle itself back down onto the pavement. You know, you just got to a speed that the grooves in the tire can't get rid of the water quick enough. So if you slow down without hitting the brake, you know, stand on the brake, just kind of get up, roll out of the throttle, as we call it, and the car Mm. will settle back down and you can steer again and you'll feel the steering wheel get like heavy when it contacts the ground. I, like many people, would panic. Okay. And I would slam on the brakes. I would turn the wheel towards the car next to me and it would be a 15 car pile. Well, you can't say I didn't try. All right. You can't say. I would suggest slowing down because it's a steady rain. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and there's a lot of water everywhere. Yeah, but we could use use the cleaning right now, if nothing else. Hey, do you have one of those uh, high tech doorbells video doorbells uh i I know ring is a popular one hardly the only one though let's be honest but uh and i had a ring doorbell uh for for a long time i thought it was pretty interesting i kind of liked it i liked the idea of uh when my doorbell rang no matter where i was by the way in the world i could pick up my phone and i could open the app and i could see a video of who's standing at the front door and then I could talk to him, which was even more amazing. Whether you were in the house or in New Zealand, you could talk to them and they wouldn't know the difference. You know, but more and more we hear about these video doorbells, this, this video surveillance that people have around their homes being used by police during crimes. And now the city of Chicago has a new program where if you buy and install Maybe one of these video doorbells, security cams somewhere. You might actually get a reimbursement from the city. Yeah, right. And I, you know, so would you guys do this? 312-591-8900. I mean, I would. All you have to do is um, let the city know that you have the camera. You have to register it. You can get up to $225 to $450. As I recall, my I have a ring. It was probably around a hundred ish dollars, so you know you can get oh, some, buy, oh the yeah for yeah. the ring, and then you have to pay for the service. I don't I don't have yeah, video there's anymore. A, there's a what do you call I, it? I a, had the free video yeah. for however long six subscription. months, and then I just never renewed it. So I have Me the too. doorbell. I really needed the doorbell. So yeah. and you know it's great. I mean it's a good doorbell, but it, it'd be, it's nice. A fine it'd be doorbell. nice to have the video. That's the whole point. So you have to register at the Chicago Police Department, right? But you certainly do not. You, at the bottom line is you don't even have to give them the video. But they, when you register, that allows them to come to you when there's a crime and say, we understand you have a camera. There was a crime coming across the street. Can we see it? You can give them that piece of the video if you'd like. You don't have to give them the whole footage. Or you can just say no. 
Yeah. And, so it's kind and of a win-win. That makes me a little more comfortable because obviously, you know, the the big brother, the surveillance state, the you're always on camera type thing concerns me. Actually, coming up at 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking to a uh, kind of a privacy expert when it comes to this and about the the use of private cameras to surveil citizens. So that'll be interesting to hear that but conversation. I, we're, but we're doing that now. We're surveilling our neighbors. I mean, in terms of crime, I think it's a great idea. Why, you know? um, Yeah, and again, you know, my my point would be, as long as I'm not required to provide the the video, I'm more okay with it. Um, You know, I'm not okay if if it was a requirement that in order to take the reimbursement, the money or whatever, that you, you, all of a sudden, your camera became part of this network of surveillance cameras so i'm i'm much more okay with that i i there is something to be said you know we talk about big brother well it turns out big brother's us yeah absolutely we're the one who are videoing everything at all times i mean in this case i I don't feel like it's big brother law and with the way the you know the violence is in the city and the problems with the crime i think it's a great idea i think everyone in high crime areas everyone should do this get this camera and get the money and give up the video when they ask. Do do video cameras uh, think of a ring or again? I'll use the term surveillance, but uh, you know, a camera on your house. I guess maybe a nice way to put it. Does it deter crime? Does it stop crime? Or does it just kind of tell you who the criminal was after the fact? You know, we hear about. I gotta think it deters. I, I mean, if if I saw a camera and I was about to steal someone's bike, I think I'd think twice about it. Well, I looked up at but the But we camera. hear about all those porch pirates and stuff. All we do is have videos of people stealing boxes off the from the front door. Mm-hmm. And well, there was a recent study in the United Kingdom that showed Ooh. that even street lights do not deter yeah. theft in cars. It actually encourages. encourages, yeah, because yeah. you can see into the car. We've always heard that, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if you right. if you light it up, you know, criminals uh, want to hide in the dark. And now it's yeah. like, no, the I, the brighter it is, the better the but, like. Ooh, I want that one. But think of all the Shiny. videos we see. Of the people who do get caught mm. doing things, I think there's a lot more there. And it doesn't even—you don't even need the police these days. Just post it. People are like, "I know that person." I mean, I, I see those videos all the time. They're always identified. So yeah, I think it, I do think it's a good thing. And, you know, it's funny. My neighbor right across the street does a lot of um, you know offer up marketplace. Okay. So he would leave stuff outside. It's the suburbs. You know, you just leave it out in front of your driveway. It's like for, or, for pickup for yeah, people. Yeah, for pickup, oh, exactly. Okay. Okay. So one day I came home. I thought and it was I, a big game of dibs he was playing. No, 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 no. I came home and I saw a woman and kind of a younger guy. I thought I actually, my first thought was a mother and her son, and they were picking up, I don't know, a chair. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, I I, I always like, you know, I, I, I make it all up in my head. Oh, I bet he's going to college and she's, you know, they're getting some furniture for him, whatever. My neighbor comes home and he's like, Judy, do you have, do you, did you see, did you have your video from your door because someone, you know, stole my chair. Oh. Like, you're kidding. And the thing is, I look directly at that woman because I just noticed, I, you know, someone's at my Yeah, but how would you picking. know the difference, I didn't. Right? I assumed because he has so many people coming and going, picking stuff up. But there was the one time that that video doorbell came in handy. Yeah. Not that we ever caught her. Well, shouldn't, I, I always heard that if you're going to do something like a Facebook marketplace, offer up, yada, 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 that you should meet at a neutral location. A, Never, pol- a police a police station parking yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> police station, pub- somewhere in public, kidding. a Panera right. Bread, you know. You know, <laughs> if you're worried, you. but here's the problem. My neighbor, every day, 
Oh, this is like a business. Several people every day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know who's coming and going all the time, how would you know? No, I just who's know doing that people pull up, and you know, usually he's now he's there a lot. Okay. So he just waits. But before it was like you know, in and out, in and out, and it's a good system. A lot of people I know do it. Some and people, people are, are, are not fans of it, though. And, you know, I know one of the things has been, again, and you have yours facing towards the street, which means it also sees across the street. And we had a woman in Pennsylvania who apparently became a bit irate at the fact that her neighbor across the street could, like, see her and tried to, tried to, so here's, you didn't think this one through, tried to rip the ring doorbell camera off off the wall i think she did and so and she videoed the, herself threw it on the ground videoed yeah. herself destroying no it was on the ground lying on its side still still, still videoed her, her. her as she walked away yeah and of course she doesn't realize that there's no like tape in there it's not this isn't you know 1965 yeah. there's a cassette running in it yeah, yeah no way that is no. all stored in amazon cloud it's some what? cl- what's a cloud a cl- remember a cloud just somebody else's computer yeah that's all a cloud is the cloud. Well, the videotapes on the cloud, right? The tape. Yeah, when I look yeah. up in the sky, I'm like, oh, look, yeah. all that di- all that videotape yeah. up there. Oh, Amazing. You, you bad people doing those things over there. Hey, good morning. It's Bruce and Judy. And you know what? I mean, so many folks out there have student loan debt. The number? I mean, if you look at it, some 53 million Americans owe a combined 1.6 trillion that's with a t i can i don't even know how many zeros i think it's 13 zeros it's a lot of zeros uh in student debt uh that's just held by the federal government there's also private loans so uh, the number is even even larger and the white house announced that they are going to extend the moratorium on student loans no need to pay through the end of August. This is this has been going on for a while now. And five. This is the fifth extension. The fifth extension of it, yeah. Five times since 2020. Well, and at some point it's gonna become the norm, right? I mean, at some point it's uh, how can you ever reinstate it without people thinking they lost something? You're screwing right. it's them. It's like one more step toward loan forgiveness, which Which is what it sounds like yeah. they're headed towards. $1.6 trillion in loan forgiveness. That's 12 zeros, by the way. It's yeah. 12 zeros. Mm-hmm. I see. I'm, I'm not a math whiz like you. And, so. you know, some of the plans ten, forgiving $10,000 up to $50,000. <whistles> yeah. I So I paid, I don't know, it was my one son. Let's just take the one. Mm-hmm. $40,000 wow. um, uh, a year. Uh, okay, I'm sorry, a year? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. I thought you were going to say. Total. I didn't pay that much, but because he, he had scholarships. Sure. But, okay. Let's so let's just you know just to be fair, really fair. Let's go with twenty a year. But you were I ha- mean, on the hook for half. I had two kids I put through college. Oh my god! Eight years of college if you combine <laughs> it. So <laughs> uh, I'm okay with col- with loan forgiveness, but I want my money back too because I used I used my <laughs> retirement. What would have been my retirement money? You know what I mean? That's I, not going to happen. I scrimped and saved and and made concessions so that my kids could go to college because that was really important to me. And let me also tell you, they they have loans. They have $20,000 each because no way was I sending my kid to college and paying that money without them having some skin in the game. The fact that the, the White House and Congress are debating whether or not these people should ever repay their loans maybe also uh, brings to light the issue. It's something we've touched on before. Well, why are we why are all these people going to college, getting a degree 
and they can't pay for the, their degree can't pay for their education like does it isn't that a great example that here's, there's a fundamental problem well that's one way of putting it here's the way i'm going to put it they don't want to pay it back they do have jobs I told my son yesterday that there was an extension. Whoopee! You should have heard him and his roommates, the CPA and the financial guy. So he could pay of on his loan? he could. Got it, Why got it, got it. Why would you? My yeah, other not son make who you. doesn't have a full-time job but, you know, does this, you know, independent work, he could he could afford it. Mm-hmm. It'd, be, it'd be hard, but he could still. It's, what, two fifty a month, say. Oh, okay. Because they each okay. have $20,000. I get some people have $800 a month, but I mean, you pay what you can, I guess. Right. They, I would never in a million years have let my kid take a loan out. They couldn't pay back. Right. What's Ro- the point? Roger in Joliet. Uh, what do you think about all these? Uh, well, what is it? One point, whatever trillion dollars in loans outstanding. I think it is. That program is absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> I mean, these people are living way beyond their means. Hmm. Um, it's, it's just, why should people that do live within their means be punished for people who just frivolously throw away money? Half the, half, not, I'm not going to say half, but a good portion of these student loans are spent on spring breaks, trips to Cancun, Europe. I, I personally know kids that do that. Yeah. Use, um, use the money for something other than tuition specific. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be a doctor. He owes $300,000 in, in student loans. And well, why should anybody forgive one dime of that? That's a chance you take when you take out the money. And okay, good point. No, and, and Roger, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, again, I think it also shows maybe how easy it is to give away money. You know, the federal government is giving away money a little too. Uh, the bar isn't high enough, quite honestly. You mean to take out the loan? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, some of these are predator, uh, predatory loans, and some of them are the interest rates. It's not all the government, these backed loans. I mean, it's a lot of people just, you know, they, they don't go the right route. They don't know better. Um, I, you know, and the, again, the issue I have, if you're going to do something, it can't just be blanket. I just gave you examples of my son and his roommates. Oh, they can so like pay. means testing? Well, yes. I mean, some people, and if you have, I don't know, people who say they have, you know, Two hundred thousand dollars in loans. I'm looking at him like, like yeah, Roger, you better be a doctor. Yeah. And you know what I mean. What are you? you and if you are, and you can pay that off in a number of years. Parents need to bear part of this responsibility because I think a lot of parents, especially here in the Midwest, say to their kids, "Get into a Big Ten school," and then they turn their backs. Mm. There's no ask at the beginning of this journey. What are your plans? What do you think you might be interested in? And then guide that child through the process well, and make sure that they're going to get a job think, when they right. get their back. Think of anything else out there where you would give a teenager, I'll use Judy's, $40,000 a year with no ability to repay right. it. Yet, if you gave it to him in anything else, you'd go, what are you people, nuts? Right. For God's sakes. It's, it's outrageous. And and I'm just going to point out that, that there is a, a graph out there, and I love seeing it, that you know when you look at especially the federal back loans and then the grants, there's uh, all the different, uh, uh, like a Pell grant, these government mm-hmm. things. Perkins, where yeah. Every time they pour more money into them, guess what happens to tuition? It goes up the exact same amount. You're never going to catch up. The problem isn't that education's too expensive. The problem is the money's too cheap. If there wasn't government loans, if there wasn't these kind of grants, 
guess what? Yeah. Tuition would come down because no one would be able to afford to go, and the colleges aren't going to just have a, a big uh, lecture hall with two people sitting in right. it. Right. Yeah, that's that's where it has to start. I you guarantee know. you that Northwestern mm-hmm. would not lower its $60,000 a year tuition, even if that came true. You say that, but if, if people just flat couldn't get there, they would have to. I mean, this is supply and demand. If you're willing... To send your kids to Northwestern at any cost. You know what it's going to cost? Any cost is what it's going to cost. It's going to cost everything they can possibly ask for. Why would they do a nickel less? It's kind of like when you buy a car. How much is the car? I don't know how much you got. <laughs> you know? Well, and, 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 and a school like it, Northwestern has billions in endowments right. as well. And, and I was just going to say, in all fairness, Rob, the, uh, the schools do give out a lot of money. Oh, I, I now, totally agree. I, but yes. again, going back to the students, say the low-income students maybe who, you know, the first generation going to college who don't have all that knowledge and the means and the resources, mm-hmm. they might not know. How, it, it's, believe me, it's a pain hey, in the butt. We didn't even touch on the people who are paying on student loans who didn't graduate. Oh. Who don't have a degree. Yeah. It's somewhere in the 30 to 40 percent range mm-hmm. of people that's, that's who took out loans but didn't shame. graduate. And, and then yeah. now they can't. Now they're paying on a loan, but they don't have the degree allegedly that they can go out and make it. Listen, it's it's a it's a debacle. The the loan, the student loan pause will be extended through August 31st. I just look at it, especially when you think about Democrats controlling the House and Congress. Yeah, like they're ever going to lift that, right? Because that would be that would be a hardship for people. We can't possibly do that. Hey, it's still time for our criminal of the day. And a shout out to Mandy Marlene Moore. No, not that Mandy Moore of Miami Gardens, Florida, who seems to have completely missed the plot of the latest blockbuster film, The Batman. Pow! Allegedly, Miss Moore entered a mobile mart convenience store and forgetting her whip, pointed a gun at the manager and demanded 500 bucks. Dressed as Catwoman, the clerk managed to lock himself inside the store's bulletproof cashier, Cage, and Catwoman, I'm sorry, Mandy, her caper was foiled. Bang! Undeterred, she slinked away and unsuccessfully attempted to rob a man a block away, which which time police caught up with our caped criminal crusader and took her into custody. She faces two counts of attempted armed robbery while wearing a mask and, during her initial court appearance, promised a judge to, quote, never do it again, unquote. She also asked... Can I have that thing house arrest? Amazingly enough, the judge agreed to that, and Catwoman is back in her lair with an ankle monitor. So for dressing up as Catwoman to commit your robberies, you, Mandy Marlene Moore, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy you are. Hey, good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Here's what's coming up this hour. A NASCAR driver facing death threats to her and her boyfriend takes to social media to share her story. How much harassment... Should athletes expect? We're talking about it at 645. Are pension bonds the new way to burden taxpayers with more debt? Ted Dabrowski from Wirepoints has his take at 630. Is Russia guilty of war crimes in Ukraine? And, and what can the international community do about it? ABC correspondent Aaron Katursky has the latest in just a few minutes. But first, GM, yes, General Motors wants to get you in an electric car. For less than thirty grand, is that enough to kickstart the real EV revolution? I got a question. Do any of you have an electric car? I, I, I just have questions about what it's like to to own one. Three one two five nine one eighty nine hundred. If you're driving around or you have an electric car, uh, we want to talk to you. Just ask questions. It's it's you know 
I'm curious might be a nice way to put it, but is a $30,000 price point, and that's what uh, Honda and GM are co-developing a vehicle expected to be under $30,000. Do you think that would be a good incentive? Uh, yes. Incentive, thank you, See, to I'm get into the electric vehicles. On the, on the borderline, I'm, you know, I need a new car. I can wait a little bit. I'm keep saying to myself, maybe I should get an electric or a hybrid because that's the way the world seems to be going. Seems to me. And I'm a Honda girl. I love my Hondas. So I would definitely wait and consider getting that for $30,000. So we talk about it's the way it's going. You know, and I, I know we've got Rob Martier, uh, here, you know, host of Drive Chicago, knows a little something about cars. It's a darn good show, let so me tell you. It is fantastic, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so, <laughs> Rob, you're not allowed to answer this question. Okay. What percentage of the 250 million cars on the road in the United States are electric? Because we hear about we hear about you know electric car, electric cars are the future. We hear about all electric uh, Ford and all these companies mm-hmm. going all electric. What percentage today are electric? Because we hear about this is a big movement, right? Are you asking me? Sure, five percent. Five, yeah, it's slightly less than one percent currently. Yeah, I was going to say one, but I was like, oh so, come on, it's got to be more than that. So for all, and by the way, it's going, it's growing. Don't get me wrong; it used to be point one percent. You know, uh, it's growing. But that still means that about ninety nine percent of the cars on the road are going to need gasoline. So we we're well, it's going to be a don't long confuse road. progress with yeah. with uh, with getting to the finish line type thing. But I mean, all the car makers are going that route, right? Seems right. Yeah, they're investing in electric cars. They're the ones that are going to turn it around, not us. We got to wait Rob, for them to do yeah. it. Rob, or, are they you... investing that because consumers are demanding it, or because they're trying to meet things like? EPA standards. No, I think it's more of the EPA standards and more government pressure from various governments around the world. I think that's the way it's going. The look at the EV revolution is upon us, and all you have to do is turn on your television, yeah, and see the ads out there. Right, but, and, but by looking at the ads and everything, you think correct. Electric vehicles were thirty percent of the the cars out there, right? And most states, uh, including the federal government, offer tax incentives. So mm. if you're looking at an EV, and let's say an EV is between thirty six and forty two thousand, well, with those tax incentives, that really brings the cost of the vehicle down when you go to file your taxes sure so um look uh, volkswagen just announced recently uh, they're spending billions on producing electric vehicles they're going to basically make a new plant in germany uh-huh. to produce electric vehicles and wow. that's I, I think where we're at right now is that more of this is being forced on us um because a lot of americans at, at least here have what you know we refer to as range anxiety. Ooh. So you plug in the vehicle, and how far am I going to be able to go on a full charge? Well, that's even that is becoming a thing of the past because what well, these things can go what three to five hundred miles. Well, now. they're they're up around three hundred miles three on miles, average yeah. right now, and that's and I what mean, does a normal car get? Uh, depending that's more on what than kind a tank of, full of gas my Mustang gets. <laughs> right. Well, depending yeah. on what kind of engine you have, I mean, a, you know, a fuel efficient car is going to get. About 400 miles, oh, uh, close. give or take, on a full tank of gas. Well, and Rob, have you heard about these roads they're building that will power your car Pos- as you oh, drive yeah, I heard about them? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean so, it, so yeah, everything is moving in that direction. And, and fast but, but char- if there was a huge demand on the part of the of the public, there'd be more than 1% of them on the road, wouldn't there? Yeah, well, this, yeah, this it's is... it's still new. 
yeah, this is going to be a matter of, of build it and, and you will come. Because mm. eventually, uh, hybrids are certainly uh, a bigger part of the market. Yeah. And uh, then that's going to segue into all electric vehicles. And fast charging stations are now popping up more and more across the country. So if, if you have that range anxiety and you're going to visit grandma seven hours away, well, then, you know, you plug in the car and within 15 minutes, give or take, uh, you'll probably have just about enough electricity to get yourself to ground. Well, Rob, isn't, is, is there a chicken and egg argument going on here? Because you talk about these charging stations, the range anxiety, which I admit is very real. Right. Um, I hear the argument that, well, when more people buy EV cars, we'll put in more charging stations. And we'll put in we'll put in more charging stations when more people buy EV cars. Like there's a chicken and egg argument going on where it's it's a bit of a a, a Mexican standoff, you know, where where well, do we need an EV charging station on every street corner? No. Well, until you have one of those, maybe people aren't going to buy the electric car. You see what I'm saying? Like I think people are concerned again about yeah running out of juice in the middle of the uh, in the I middle see of the them freeway. Everywhere you see the charging stations. Yes, it's as a matter of fact, they're taking up all my parking space. Spaces at the malls. Mm. Yeah, and those stores. unexpected yeah. mothers. Yeah, yeah. that expected yeah. mothers. Yeah, uh, exactly. Another Rob. Law in, enforcement. I'm okay with another Rob in Evergreen Park. Rob, what what is your point? One, good luck reselling your um, your Tesla or electric car because it's a small segment that that can you know use it. Okay. Uh, two, they they really burn through a lot of tires because they're really really heavy. Oh. Um, with all the batteries, and three, with all those heavy vehicles, your roads are going to crumble. Interesting. Well, mm. and think about this, Rob. You have a heavy. There's no doubt the batteries are heavy, and the and the cars on average are heavier. So you've got the heavy car going down the road, which which is going to deteriorate more roads. They're not paying a gas tax. Which goes to fix the roads. <laughs> well, he brings up a, he brings up a good point, but but don't forget, tire manufacturers are keeping up with the okay. EV developments as well. They are making compounds of tires. So whether you're talking about Goodyear, Michelin, Bridgestone, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, they're keeping up with the weight of these cars. He does make a good point, but that that's not as big a concern as the road deterioration and some other things. You know, and it's it's also localized as well. You see a lot of suburban car buyers with the ability to not only afford an electric vehicle, but to put in a, a Tier 2 charging station in their homes. In their home. You know, oh. And able to charge the car. So when you when you say charging the car, are, is it different at every house? I mean, do, I, do some of them have different plugs, or can yes. I just take an extension cord and stick it in? Yeah, if you've got an all-electric vehicle versus a hybrid, you've got to get a uh, Tier 2 charging station put into your home now that means you've got to get an electrician in there with the experience oh my to rewire that now it's not that big of a deal but it's going to be costly versus a hybrid where you can just plug it into the wall outlet okay and well there be- goes my thirty thousand dollar ev <laughs> such a good deal <laughs> sounded like a good idea yeah, it's right. rewiring the house another thing too is that it, it's it's a bit counterintuitive because you would think that people in an urban environment like chicago yeah would want an ev but the problem right. is mm-hmm. unless you live in a home in a neighborhood if you're in an apartment or a condo, where are you going to plug that in? They Ooh. have not gotten to that point Again, where... chicken lot, and egg. Right, exactly. Hey, Rob, appreciate your insight into yep. that. Again, as uh, GM says, maybe they're going to get you in an EV for less than 30000 That's less than the price of a gas 
power-powered car these days. We'll see how that comes to fruition. Hey, good morning to you. Uh, it's a bit of a wet Wednesday out there. Do be careful if you are commuting. A lot of standing water, still rain coming down in many areas. Pretty heavy at times as well. Bruce and Judy with you right now. And the, the latest out there coming out of Ukraine are allegations of war crimes, Russian military war crimes. To talk more about that is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky, who recently spent time in Ukraine, uh, now back, thankfully, safely in the United States. But Aaron, where are these allegations? What specifically uh, are the Ukrainian government saying? Well, they're alleging more than 5,000 different war crimes uh, in, in cities across Ukraine, and a lot of it was laid bare in the images that have been making their way around from Bucha outside of Kiev, where uh, Russian forces uh, retreated but left in their wake uh, bodies strewn about the, the sidewalk and, and a number of them uh, tossed into mass graves. Other bodies were found in, in, in basement torture chambers as the Ukrainians oh. sought or as the Russians sought information on, on uh, the Ukrainian resistance. Uh, there, there have been allegations of, of uh, sexual violence and, and, and rape and other just uh, unspeakable atrocities that the Russians, uh, the Ukrainians say, committed while they were in control of these places and, and then uh, only laid bare now as they've, as they've left. Has it been getting worse, these, you know, these war crimes? It seemed like when we first started, you know, the Russian soldiers were almost pleasant to the Ukrainians. I mean, they didn't really... Reluctant? Well, not even reluctant. <laughs> yeah. They were kind of like, oh, we don't know why we're here. I, it just seems as this drags on, it's becoming mm. much worse every day. I don't know that they were ever pleasant. Yeah, pleasant uh, and, wasn't a good word to use. They were... The, uh, this is what the Ukrainians say has been happening, but you know because of the limitations on 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 us, on journalists uh, operating there, we haven't been able to show you, or or, or really, uh, you know, you've seen the buildings that have crumbled, but you haven't seen the impact on 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 people, humans, until yeah. now, and and now you see, you can just see the 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 bodies with a bullet to the head. Uh, lying on the sidewalk and in many cases they, they've been there for days and days just left to, to to rot you've seen the large trenches dug outside the churches where they've uh, shot people and and just unceremoniously dumped their bodies it's really reminiscent Obviously. of the kind of violence that that was unleashed in that part of the world first by the soviets then by the germans in world war ii yeah. uh, and and the ukrainians say that um, more of this is going to be revealed as the ukrainian forces retake other parts of the country aaron as we talk again it's abc news is aaron katursky as we talk about war crimes uh, alleged or or factual i mean i know there's some there's there's some you know facts that cannot be disputed when it comes to this what comes of that doubting it i i I don't know that there's there's a lot of room for doubt here but yeah i I, i'm i'm well i'm just saying alleging a war crime it would involve proving it at some point and how do you do that but but who cares whether it's a war crime okay you know a billion dead civilians lying on the sidewalk Uh, someone did it and and uh whether it's ever going to be prosecuted or not is is you know we're still waiting to prosecute the war crimes in sudan that happened 30 years ago so i don't know that waiting for a formal prosecution is really the uh, uh uh anything but a fool's errand i think it's it is, though, documenting the 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 horrors of of the war mm-hmm. and and perhaps mobilizing to to try and stop it. We've seen today there'll be some new sanctions that will be announced by the U.S. and and some of its allies, and then 
a uh, hundred million dollars worth of, uh, of more military aid heading into Ukraine in the form of uh, anti-tank missiles and some other, uh, you know, other hardware they can put to the fight. So, Aaron, is like bombing uh, an apartment building, you know, a high rise full of people. Is that considered a war crime? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, 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 these aren't soldiers, right? An attack I mean, on civilians. Yeah. But, but, but again, I, I wouldn't get too caught up in whether right. this meets any kind of a mm-hmm. legal definition because the Russians don't care, and it almost doesn't matter because mm. it, this, the, the, these people that are not in uniform, that are not – that are civilians that are just being indiscriminately killed. Now, whether that's from a shell into an apartment building, and there's certainly been plenty of that, or whether it's just uh, in the 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 uh, you know the, the indiscriminate fire as as Russian forces enter or leave the city, um, and and we keep hearing about how uh, I talked to one family yesterday in Bucha who who never left the house in the last month or so. Uh, their their house is park, pockmarked with with bullets, but they um, they haven't. You know, thankfully, they were unscathed and they wow. said kind people would drop off, you know, food at their front step. Uh, but but it was the first time they had emerged into daylight in, you know, in a month's time. And, mm. and you know, they said they just you walk the streets and you, you, you know, body after body after body after body. And, and the survivors just telling stories of, of what they encountered. Aaron, uh, uh, appreciate your your insight into this. Thank you so much. And uh, sadly, I know we'll be talking to you again about it. Okay, guys. Have a good day. He's ABC News. Is Aaron Katurki. So, so I, I don't I don't disagree with what Aaron's saying. The definition of a war crime. Like, are, are we splitting hairs at this point? Well, when they, when there war, are civilian war, bodies lined, yeah. lining the street, um, I think it's pretty safe to say. Uh, the, how about this? The victims don't care if it was a war crime or not. Right. right, the civilian victims. I mean, but it is a war. That's why I was. I wish we could get a clarification. But in the end, as he said, it doesn't matter. And that so, was my next question to him because I, I'm thinking to myself, oh, war crimes. Didn't they just settle something? Probably from World War II. I mean, that's how long it takes. It's, well, it's yeah. almost. It's. It's, it's not, not like not someone's going to arrest Putin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Even, He's not going to be showing up at the Hague anytime yeah, or, soon. You know, having a, a, a hearing, an investigation, a court. It's, right. It's just, if, it, if it's it happening now, it needs to be addressed now. To people that are being shot yeah, or blown up, they don't care. If there are war crimes going care. on, someone needs to do something. You know, do you have a red line? Is there a red line where where you say we go from, we being like the NATO or U.S., we go from supporting Ukraine to getting actively involved i mean uh you know obviously i say as as horrific as these mass graves and these allegations of war crimes and russian military indiscriminately targeting civilians i don't get a sense the american public says oh that's it we got to go in and, and save the ukrainians what would if anything well it's a matter of you know we do you want our americans to go to combat. I mean, yeah. we're doing everything. I think people are doing a lot. They're doing all we can. We could do a lot more, but people have no one has an appetite to put American soldiers on the ground. So your red line's still way down the road. That's not me. I'm just saying that's where I think we are as a country. Hey, good morning to you and a uh, happy Wednesday. And you know what? Tickets are on sale now for an honest conversation with Joe Walsh. This is happening Thursday night, May 12th at Chevy Chase Country Club in Wheeling. You 
can uh, spend an evening, have dinner, and listen to Joe. Ask questions, interact. You can even you can even get into a pre-show cocktail hour with Joe. All right, how's that? Get your picture taken, have a conversation. So, an honest conversation with Joe Walsh. It's coming Thursday, May 12th. The ticket's on sale now. Go to WLSAM.com and get your tickets now. We hear a lot about pensions and unfunded pensions, and, and, and the, the numbers just seem staggering might be a nice way to put it joining us right now is ted dabrowski the president of wirepoints and ted there is a new a new plan if you will to try to address some of this obligation we have it's a complicated subject so explain it to me like i'm six years old by the way Hey, good morning, guys. It, it is complicated, but basically we've got these pension plans, right? And, and the state has made massive promises to all kinds of government workers for lifetime guaranteed pensions. And there's tons of money missing from those plans. A lot of them are, are, are practically bankrupt. And so, so here's the plan. Let's borrow lots of money. Uh, let's, you know, the cities or, or, or the state borrow lots of money. Uh, the, the taxpayers will have to pay back over time and stick all that money in the pension funds. So what does it do? It, it, it solves the problem for the pensioners who are worried about, about their retirement security, shoves all that money in there. They're happy now, but all the debt is now owed by taxpayers over the next 20, 30 years. Oof. So what it does is it, it takes care of the public sector workers and leaves the ordinary taxpayers you know, stiffed with all the debt. And, and that's typical of what's been happening in Illinois where, where we keep taking care of the public sector workers. We treat them as a, as a, a special class. And the ordinary taxpayers are left to, to fight it out and see if they can pay back all the debts. Uh, sp- I was under the impression that taxpayers w- always paid for the pensions. You know, well, at, the, at the end result. You, you, you are right. But, uh, you know, Illinois has reached a point. We're the, we're the worst in the country by far. We have more of this pension debt than any other state in the country. It's massive. And it's why the state was junk rated, which means we have the lowest credit score in the country. How, how much? No how much? Un- a bad credit score. What's the number? I, I mean, is there... Yeah, there's a number. So uh, we added it all up. We uh, looked at Moody's. Moody's is the rating agency. Okay. They're the ones that rate us, and uh, they add up a lot of the numbers. Yeah. And it's over $500 billion. So, what? But, but let me make that real. It's about 110000 for each and every household in Illinois. So that's kind of like this mortgage that you everybody's got on average uh, that if they stick around, they'll have to pay that in taxes over time. So, explain. You had said early on that, but the, there's there's no money in the funds. That's why they have to keep doing bonds. What happened to all the money that was supposed to be Ooh. there? Well, that's always a tricky question. If you hear the unions, they'll say, "Well, taxpayers just didn't put enough money in, right? The politicians used up all the money in something else, and so it's the politicians' fault, and it's the taxpayers for not putting enough money." Well, you know, when I started looking at this, I said, "Wait a minute." You know, Illinois pay a lot of taxes. They pay taxes all the time. It's one of the highest tax burdens in the country. So how can that be? So if you really look at it, what happens is politicians have given away so many benefits so fast. They're so big that we can never keep up with what was being promised. And nobody really understood what was going on in pensions anyway. So the hole kept getting bigger. We kept promising more and more, you know, the sick leave days and you know, all these things that contribute to bigger, bigger pensions, 3% compounded COLAs. Next thing you know, we had this huge balloon debt, a, debt, debt of, uh, of a balloon of debt, and we're starting to say, how do we pay it? Uh, and, mm. and that's why we have the highest property taxes, the highest, you know, highest overall taxes, depending on who, who's measuring. 
uh, it's a big mess. And so it's one of the reasons why people keep leaving the state. You know, it's just easier to get away from that debt than to stick around and pay it. We're talking to Ted Dabrowski, the president of WirePoints. You have a piece out about this entitled Pension Obligation Bonds Prioritize Public Sector and Work, Public Sector Workers Stiff Taxpayers. Because is it one of the fundamental issues with these public sector uh, pensions that the cozy relationship, dare I say, between the unions and the politicians make it easy in the short term to give away money to a union in return for votes, knowing that that bill won't come due till they're long gone. Yeah, it's been going on for a long, long time. It's a cozy relationship between politicians and the unions. And look, you know, the unions give lots of money to the campaigns of, of the politicians, and the politicians turn around and repay them with things like pensions. And and I, like I said, nobody really understands what it means when we go from a 2% uh, cost of living adjustment to three percent or or compounded it's you know, most people don't care it's it's confusing words and so it just happens uh and then late, later on you find out that the the debt is huge and uh judy to your question don't taxpayers have to pay well yes but if if illinois falls into this huge financial mess that it, that it could have had it not gotten all this 200 billion dollars in bailouts from covid um at some point there might not be enough money in the funds people leave illinois and 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 pensioners get their checks cut. Mm. You know, so, so we don't know how it plays out. I mean, it, you know, we've had bankruptcies in, in, in quite a few cities. We saw it in Detroit. We've yep. seen it in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and pensions get cut. Ted, appreciate your time today. Thank you so Thanks, much. Ted. All right. Good morning, guys. That's uh, Ted Dabrowski, the president of WirePoints. And, and, I love and, that he can dumb it down. Well, I, I really need things helps. explained to me like I'm, a, I'm a, a six-year-old. But, I mean, when you hear $500 billion in unfunded pension liability, which equates to... What is it, $110,000? A household. For every household mm-hmm. in Illinois. So you, you, yes, you, are on the hook for $110,000. And the bill comes due at some point. You can only kick the can down the road. Yeah. That's what all we, we heard don't about hear, that. What we never hear of is pension reform. Well, that's that was one of my arguments. You know, yesterday we talked about the state of Illinois giving a, a rebate check to people. This is extra money that they have sitting around. I know where it needs to go. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you where the fire is. You know, that's that's an issue that isn't going away. One hundred and ten thousand dollars per household. Hey, good morning to you. A happy Wednesday. Bruce and Judy with you. Still a little wet outside. Do be careful on your on your ride in. A lot of standing water was the report that Judy has for us on the expressway. Yeah, right? hopefully it's, uh, well, no, it's still raining. Still, so still raining. Just about another hour or so. Yeah, roughly. Uh, th- <laughs> just through the morning commute. Until Isn't the next how it one. Yeah, it'll start back up again at three. Watch. Um, so, you know, athletes have always gotten, what do you want to say, like jeered or heckled. You know, you go to a game and you pay your money, you get to yell at the guy. You know, we need a pitcher, not a belly itcher. Never understood exactly how that was a uh, insult, mm. but you know it is what it is. Um, but where is the line? I'll give you an example. Um, there is a young woman who's racing in NASCAR. She is kind of tipped as maybe one of the next big stars. Why? Because she's a girl. She's attractive. She has a great personality, and can she? She can race. Yeah. She wins races. Her name is uh, Haley Deegan. Her her dad is a guy named Brian Deegan, who was a motocross star, championship uh, motorcycle rider. So she comes from like a lineage of racing. Does she have a sister who races? 
I don't know if she does. I watched a movie about these the two Deegans? girls. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. But they were two sisters. If her sister's racing, I'm not aware of it. I, I know Haley is. Yeah. And uh, she runs in the NASCAR truck series, uh, which is about the third tier, and kind of working her way up through that. But last weekend, she missed a race. She was scheduled to race. She didn't go to the race. And she took to YouTube to explain about the threats, very specific threats that she was getting. Driving home from Tulsa is when I kind of first saw the stuff that he was posting and everything kind of led to death. Yeah, uh, she has a, a person on the Internet, for lack of better terms, who they tracked down, lives near her. <laughs> uh, she knows where he lives. And who has been apparently thinking he's in a relationship with her and threatened to kill her boyfriend, who also races. Um, to the point that they called the police and didn't feel comfortable to leave the house. Didn't want to make themselves a target going to a race over the weekend. Like, we, we've we crossed the line at that point, right? Yeah, and it's a little bit more complicated because she's being catfished. So complicated. So someone has said someone is saying they're they're pretending um, to be her Haley online. Deegan, yes, pretending to be her, saying her boyfriend is beating her. Yeah. So she's she in air quotes is online saying, "Oh my god, my boyfriend beats me." This fan, this crazy fan, and he is crazy because he wants doesn't seem to want to you know listen to reason. He then got involved because he thinks she's being He's beat coming up. to her defense. She has literally contacted him. Listen, this yeah. I'm being catfished. This isn't me, and but this is actually me. And you know my boyfriend and I are great. And then the guy's like, "Well, how do I know you're the?" You know what I mean? Right. So the guy who's already obviously unstable is now you know now is getting it from all ends, thinking that this is even worse than it is. So it, it's just it's a complicated... This well, is I, what happens when you go online. But I would also say, I I think it's unique to a, a, a female athlete. I don't know if, you know, I, I don't know if male athletes get this level or this kind of weirdness. I think it's be, certainly because she's a female, she's getting this kind of um, attention, n- negative attention mm-hmm. uh, from this guy. I, I'm sure there's plenty of women out there that think they're in a relationship with an NBA player or whatever, but not to the point that a guy's going to miss a game, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, I'm taking Haley's side in this. I think it's it's dangerous, you know, when you have people that have convinced themselves of some alternative reality, uh, but athletes are facing it. So where is the line? I think we can all agree that threatening to kill the boyfriend of someone because you believe in some sort of bizarre internet conspiracy and you think you're in a relationship with as much. But you know, I go to a lot. I go to NBA games. I tend to I tend to yell a little. I'll yell at the other team. You know, I'll make fun of them a little bit. Is that is that too much? Uh, Lakers guard Russell Westbrook says he doesn't want his family to attend the games anymore because of things people yell at him because of fans like you, Bruce. Yeah. Who call him things like... Why do you have to call him names? Westbrick, when he just bricks up another shot. Absolutely. Okay, thank you, because I was like, well, I, is his name Westbrook or Westbrick? I, Westbrick! I was like, See, now that's funny. That's funny! That's funny. That's funny. I, I mean, the Lakers used to have a guard named Nick Van Exel. I called him Brick Van Exel, because he'd, he'd throw these shots up and completely miss the backboard. Brick! Absolutely. I mean, hmm. I paid my money. I can okay, yell. Brick. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get a vote here because I'm not 
a big sports fan, especially basketball. But if you guys think it's funny, okay, why then is it such a big deal to this guy? He's he doesn't even you know he mentions that his his son his little very young yeah. son you know tells everyone his last name. Well, I guess I would too if my dad played him, for the yeah, Lakers. Exactly, you know? he, just in the NBA. So yeah. my that dad might knows be LeBron. It. But even so, <laughs> yeah, why not teach your kid right off the bat? Hey, this is going to happen. Yeah, I, and, and I know Rob Martier and Rob's our, our, our sports guru, if you will. I mean, listen, if people are targeting his family in the stands, yeah. bridge too far. Absolutely. Right. right. But you, you're going to be a, a professional athlete. People might yell things at you. It just, I think that comes to the territory, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's part and parcel when you sign on the dotted line and you're making $25 million a year. But there is that line that you can't cross. I mean, yeah, I hope I would hope no one would go up to his his young son and yell things. And if they did, they absolutely should, you know, face the consequences. And look, the, way, the way I things just... are going, the way things are going for the Lakers today, yeah. the last thing Russell Westbrook needs is his yeah. kid going. You know, Dad, you missed that crossover Ouch. stutter step driving the lane. Ouch! Yeah, I guess I just never understand what drives grown men to yell names and stuff oh, like are you so mad yes or what does it give you some release i just don't get it combination of them and interesting when they play poorly you can remind them of it for goodness sakes mm. especially when they're the, on the opposing team hey good morning to you a happy wednesday we got coming up this hour are some people just incapable of getting covid scientists are looking into how the naturally immune can help others. That's at 745. And at 730, President Biden will extend the pause on student loan payments through August. When will payments resume? And are student loans too predatory? And in just a few minutes, more break-ins on the Mag Mile and frankly everywhere around the city are putting the squeeze on small businesses. Are they finished with Chicago? But first, apparently retirement ain't what it used to be. More and more retirees are headed back into the workforce. Is it the promise of a new challenge or is it out of financial necessity? Joining us now is Julie Bauke, uh, president and chief career strategist at the Bauke Group. Good morning to you, Julie. Good morning. So we're, we're seeing this, and apparently it's it's more than just Tom Brady, apparently, who are unretiring, <laughs> that uh, uh, maybe a lot of people who, over the last couple of years, decided now's the time to get away from work during the pando, they're maybe having a bit of a rethink. I, I'm, I'm curious, are, are people uh, bored? <laughs> uh, retirement isn't what they thought it was going to be? Or are they running out of money a little quicker than they thought? Actually, there's, there's multiple reasons, and those are two of them. So this isn't, this was not, um, this is not a surprise. Okay. I think a, a lot of people left, they took this as an opportunity to leave jobs they didn't like and to take almost like a little mini gap or a sabbatical or whatever you want to call it to figure out what they wanted to do. And certainly, of all those people that left, you have a segment who said, yeah, this whole "quote unquote" spending more spending more time with the family is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> you know, it sort of is like the right the general. I'm leaving to spend more time with my family. Um, you know that 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 dream of not having to get up every day is not all it's cracked up to be. Sometimes, you know, because we do, you have to retire to something, not just from something. So there's there's those folks. There's folks who have said you know, I'm going to go back to work because I'm bored or because I need more money, but I'm going to go back differently. I'm going to do something else. Or I'm going to work less, maybe part-time. Or maybe their wages, the wages went up, 
in the job they were in or the job they want to be in, that it became worth it to them to give up their leisure time for you know, for work. And certainly then there probably are also people looking at their portfolios and looking mm. at the state of the world and saying, ah, this isn't the same as it was when I discussed this with my financial planner a couple years ago. Wow. So it's, it's really all over the board. Yeah, it's it's amazing how random it is. I thought it was kind of maybe just a certain group of people. Because I think when you say, I'm retiring, that means I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> that's at least yeah. how I say it. Maybe yeah, it means yeah. different things to different people. <laughs> it does. Yeah, and it's also generational. But also, there's there's also this trend that I love, that companies looking around and seeing how many boomers who are really the you know chock full of wisdom and experience with their company, their customers, their products, their services, and they started panicking panicking a little bit at the rate at which boomers are retiring, and so they've started offering what boomers have frankly been asking for for years, which is phased retirement. So instead of just bye bye, you know, here's the cake, see ya. Um, it's, it's a, well, why don't we look at something that allows you to work two or three days a week? Mm. Or, you know, let's do that for six months, for 12 months. We'll continue. They found a way to continue healthcare coverage if you're not quite 65 and allow you to have more of, you know, the, the time you want, maybe to travel, spend time with the grandkids, um, and allow you to phase out to keep some of that wisdom intact. And give you a chance to pass that on to um, you know to the people who are left, who, you know, who are still there, who, who who don't have you to go to anymore. And so I think there are companies who've reached out to their retirees and said, "Hey, what if you came back a couple of days a week? Remember us?" And all of a sudden, <laughs> right now you're talking. Or some of those retirees are like, "No, yeah, you know, I like it here. I like my life just fine, but I'm I bet that it's." pretty tempting for many. I, I think that's interesting. Again, we're talking to Julie Balke, the president and chief career strategist at the Balke Group. Because what you just described, kind of the the companies looking at maybe some of their uh, more senior workers as having experience and knowledge that are still valuable, have a, have a genuine value. It, it reminds me of kind of what retirement looks like in Europe. I'll give you a quick story. My grandfather worked for Mercedes-Benz his entire life from the age of 17 on. And when he retired, he just went to the factory two days a week. And he became like a a, 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 a guru, a consultant. Yeah. Thank you very much. He was getting the pension and all that. But the last thing they want to do is send you out to pasture. You know, he had so much knowledge built up over the years. He just kind of walked around and helped the kids, as he called them, the 50-year-olds. Mm. You know, and so, I, I, you know, it strikes right. me that maybe there's a bit of a change where people are starting to realize there's some real value in those employees. Absolutely. Now, you know, the, the, and retirement, like you said, Judy, you know, for us has been for years, go out the door, you know, and never really even come back. You know, maybe you, you yuck it up with some of the other retirees at lunch once a month. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, we, we have not generally valued the wisdom and experience of the people that are around a long time. Now, true, not all the people that have been around a long time do we want them to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people, it's time for them to retire. And so when you look at, I don't care what generation you are, when you look at, if I leave, eh, if it doesn't work out, I'll just come back. You know, if you're not, if you weren't that valued, if you were average at best as a performer, 
don't think that door is going to be wide open for your return. And so you have to be smart about this. You know, the more value you add to an organization and the more opportunity to come back and consult, to um, work a couple days a week, to do special projects, will you know, will be there for you. And so, you know, let's not get cocky about it either. Yeah. So how how old are like what age group are we talking about these people who are now going back? So it's it's really it's so it's everything when so if you focus on you say people fifty five and older um, are coming back, but also you still have the younger generations who sat it out for a little while to try to figure out maybe get some additional training to figure out what they wanted to do. You know they're also coming back, but more into full-time roles. And one of the other really interesting stats right now is that 72% of people who left their jobs during what we're calling the Great Resignation have regretted Mm. the move they made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of folks like that. Hey, Julie, thank you so much for your time. So welcome. Julie, All right, have a great day. Julie Bauke, the president and chief career strategist of the Bauke Group. You know, how, I mean, are you one of those people? Did you, did you walk away and now you're maybe reg- regretting it, I guess would be a nice way to put it? Uh, or did your company come back and make you offer you couldn't refuse? 312-591-8900. retire a lot earlier now, 55. I mean, I was surprised that I thought she was going to stay a little bit older. So when I, we talk 55, people can retire earlier but maybe they're finding out, uh, maybe I don't want to be retired yet. Well, you say that they can retire earlier. I just wonder, you know, for me, you know, do you have enough money to retire that long? You know, I mean, are people good enough at estimating what it's going to take to live for the ne- If you're 55, what, for the I, next 30 I don't years? Know anyone who waits to retire until they're 65 to retire oh. anymore. Not anymore. Everyone retires early in my life anyway. Because I think they have planned for it. That that last of the baby boomer baby boomers generation. The next mm. generation, good luck. Yeah. You'll be working till you're ninety. Ouch. There you go. They're carrying no me out of here in a K. pine box. I'm telling you. There you go. Hey, I love her phased retirement. That's phased. a good one. Yeah. Uh, phased Five days a week to three days a week to one day a week to where are you? Hey, good morning to you and a happy Wednesday. It's Bruce and Judy with you. You know what? We've heard about these uh, smash and grab uh, uh, robberies along the Mag Mile. No longer restricted to the Mag Mile. They're happening all over Chicagoland. Um, and is there a way to stop them? I mean, it's got to have an impact, not only on businesses, but on people wanting to go and shop places where they think at any moment a gang can come in, uh, uh, grab everything in the store, and make a make a beeline for the front door, right? During the afternoon. Literally that's, in the middle of the, the afternoon. That's the part. Usually it used to be in the early morning hours, late at night, they would drive a car through the window, whatever. Yeah. No longer. I mean, that's still happening, too. That just happened on in the loop. How about this? Two stores. I, I want to admit that I didn't know this was a thing. Neiman Marcus, right over here on the Magma, says they ha- they now have dogs that can sniff for guns. Hmm. Uh, okay, so I didn't know they had gun-sniffing dogs. Heard of drug-sniffing dogs? I've even heard of money-sniffing dogs. 
But I didn't know they had gun sniffing dogs. So wait, what you're telling me is the little gun sticker with the circle around it and the slash through it doesn't work? Apparently, yeah, it is not a big enough deterrent. No. Oh, okay. yes, gotcha. uh, apparently yeah. for criminals. I mean, make sure. Yeah, that that dog sniff, that dog's uh, um, gun sniffing dog is remarkable. But as part of the story I'm reading, the more remarkable part is the story of this guy who broke into the Neiman or, or who stole at the Neiman Marcus. This is this is the problem. We and we talk about it over and over and over again. Twenty-three-year-old Derek Latham charged with going into that Neiman Marcus. The dog smelled a gun. Okay. So he alerted security, who then followed him, and they and they found him with uh, stolen merchandise stuffed in his pants, worth a thousand dollars. Right. Some drugs. Well, some Neiman Marcus could be one belt. Counterfeit one hundred dollar bills and a nine millimeter handgun in his waist. Now, this guy, Derek Latham, was on electronic monitoring for a pending felony of aggravated <laughs> battery at a Nordstrom, and he hit an apparently allegedly hit an officer. Judge Charles Beach allowed him to go home by posting a $500 deposit toward his bail with a curfew. But then he told him, now you go to work and home and that's it. You got it? Yes, sir, Latham said. This well, reads like a, reads like a, wait, do not go back to that Nordstrom. Okay, he didn't. He went to Neiman Myers. Yeah, but guess what? Just four months earlier, he had gone to a Christian Dior and did the same thing. Yeah. And that same judge said, now don't you go back to that store. Okay, he, so he didn't. He was taking everything very literal. I never went back to the same store twice. Maybe we need to have uh, so irritating. electronic ankle monitoring sniffing dogs. Do they got those? You know, like, uh, you know, Who cares? Uh, alert you. It doesn't that. matter. You can be out. You're going to get right back out. You're going to get back out. Just, you know what? In each of these cases, he just had to pay a little bit more in a fine. So, which he probably did with his counterfeit $100 bills. Yeah, I, you know, it's again. I turn around. It's happening everywhere. Even in you know West Loop, Little Village, Pilsen. There's there's another story out there of two guys. They got a sneaker shop. They're sneaker heads. You know. By the way, shout out to them. I love me some sneakers. It's called Fleet Club. Well, they had their shop burglarized for the second time in two weeks. They say they're out over a hundred thousand dollars in merchandise. I mean, when you if you're Neiman Marcus, you you can. I'm not. That. I'm, I'm. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you want it to happen, but you build in a certain measure of people might steal crap, and we might do it. You're you're two guys with a sneaker shop. You can't absorb a hundred grand. And is this going to? You know, they're talking about. You know, do, do we do we rebuild and wait for the third burglary, or do you just go somewhere else? Do you go somewhere yeah, else where and, crime isn't as prevalent? Right, because in their case, they've got some really hot sneakers, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think they've come to the conclusion that they're going to keep getting robbed. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what they do. I mean, in the loop, they robbed uh, like a Lens Crafters and another store. But for, for Lens I, Crafters? For obviously maybe expensive sunglasses. You know, the robbers, Lens since craft. they have free reign and do whatever they want, they just now are going to go and they're getting specific things. They don't oh, just so it's smash. like they're going shopping, exactly. but they're, they're they're breaking into a specific they're going store. Shoplifting. They're going shoplifting. Yeah, yeah. What do we need today? Sunglasses. Exactly. All right, let's go All hit right, lens yeah. crafters. Uh, two store. I mean, they don't know if they're connected yet, but yeah, two eyeglass stores. It's ridiculous. Well, we do know that there are some. Um, what do I want to call it? Um, organized gangs that 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 the I know the feds are literally looking at, mm-hmm. and they've made some arrests, and they're charging some people as part of. Uh, a bigger criminal conspiracy, a, a large group of people organized in some way, shape, or form that are planning these 
smash and grabs that are that are planning these robberies um not for their own use you know what i'm saying they're stealing a large amount of merchandise and then obviously they have a, a resale market for it um which in and of itself i mean it, how i i say how easy is it 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 must be pretty damn easy, which is real frustrating. I go to the stores, and along the Mag Mile, you see more and more of the stores that have, like, a security guard standing at the front door and maybe, like, a velvet rope. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So there's a line of right. people. They only let so many... You can't just roam around anymore You in those high-end stores. They only let, like, four people right. in the store at a time yeah. or something. Next, you, they're going to be petting us down. Well, I thought it was COVID-related at first, but now I understand oh, where it's coming no, no, no. from. I, I thought it was, security. you know, those, we can't let too many people in the store, right. six feet or whatever. You know, but no. it's fine for a, a Tiffany's. It's small enough. Yeah. To, but for a Neiman Marcus... Can't or do a, that. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. You, and, I mean, how many security people can you have in the store? You're do you right, feel less safe shopping in these stores now? I do not. I do not. Okay. But I'm more annoyed. I, I probably, I think I watch more because it is easy. It's so Seems easy. easy. It, well, it has to be or they wouldn't do it. Now, the easy part is they keep getting out. Like this guy, this Latham kid, 23 years old. What does he have to lose? He's not going to jail. He doesn't even have to. He could even go shoplifting so with his ankle bracelet. He shoplifted on. Nordstrom. He did Christian Dior. Christian Dior. He did. I think he did two Nordstrom. Oh, remember the judge told him not to go yeah, back to that, that Nordstrom. Nordstrom. So, so all I can mm-hmm. say is, Saks Fifth Avenue. Be on the lookout for this guy. Yeah, right. Oh, that's all I'm gonna say. Be on the lookout. Okay. Hey, good morning to you. A happy Wednesday. Bruce and Judy with you. The rain hopefully is starting to slow down or even stop where you are right now. All right. It's going to be around 50 today, which is decent. We'll take that, right? We got some breaking news. Our friend, Alderman Ray Lopez, moments ago. Here's his tweet. You ready? Chicago, I'm in. He's running for mayor. Wow. Alderman Lopez throws his hat into the ring, challenging. Uh, we know, uh, um, uh, safe to say, Mayor Lightfoot is is running for re-election. Uh, and uh, who else will come out of the it woodwork? It will be a crowded field. Uh, isn't it always so? Yeah. I mean, a, there'll be a runoff. 17 people yeah. again or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this huge swath of Okay, so Alderman Lopez is in. Uh, um, we personally know Alderman Lopez. I think he'd make a great mayor. Yeah. Seems like a good guy. Decent person. I can like uh, on a character level. I'll have level. to hear some of his uh, yeah, on plans a character and level. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, yeah. I know him as a decent person. So I, I like to start there first with my candidates. Yeah, decent human. being. If you're being. a decent human being, you, you got to yeah, get if past you're not, that. You don't even. Yeah, don't <laughs> Who even. Who cares bother what running. your policy is? Yeah, I, I don't. I I can't. Yeah, well, that says it all, right? To say the least. So the the race for mayor is maybe about to get a little more interesting uh, here in the city of Chicago, and we're certainly going to keep an eye on that. And we're going to uh, reach out to Alderman Lopez. We'd love to get him on and talk a little bit so that we can get into maybe a little more of the details mm-hmm. about what he's planning on doing something coming out of the white house though is the latest uh uh and what has become pretty standard ever since president biden was elected one of the you know my first day in office the, you know we say that there's like a thousand things but one of the first things he did was put a pause on student loan payments for federal student loans over a trillion dollars worth he has the ability to cancel, to cancel student loan debt outright. But should he? Should we, with a, with a swipe of the pen, which is what he's being argued uh, or being encouraged to do, should President Biden eliminate federal student 
loan debt. 312-591-8900. And I'm curious, are any of you still carrying student loan debt? Are you still making payments either on a Probably private? Probably there's like 41 million borrowers, so I'm going to say someone out there. Either on a private loan or on one of these federal uh, loans, because there is a difference. A private loan is you, you're not going to get away from that. You know, the, the bank isn't going to forget that you have a loan. The federal government can. They could do this if they wanted to, but should they? And what kind of a message does that say? This send? is the fifth time they've... This would be the fifth time if if he does, in fact, today announce an extension, which President Biden is expected to. And by the way, he's not the only one who did. Uh, President Trump also yeah. did the extensions. I mean, they, they've been going on for, you know, since 2020. I'm saying people haven't. Some yeah. people probably haven't made a student loan payment in two years. No, my sons haven't. Because uh. here's the thing. They could. But why would they? Why? Mm. It's zero interest. There's zero there's interest. No pe- yeah, there's no penalty. No penalty right now for well. Right. You should be paying it, off your interest now, uh, because yeah, I've got I've got a fiance who's paying off interest right now. So, because but is that, a, is that a federal or a private loan? Federal. Okay. But but there's interest, a difference. You know what I mean? It doesn't compound. It's it's a, right now interest. Nothing is happening. It's like they stopped. So you'll just pick up where you left off. Is so, your wife's frozen, Tom? It should be. Yeah, it's fr- it's definitely frozen, but she has to in order for her to stay ahead of it. She's trying to because be responsible. She has she's trying so to, much. She's oh. trying to do what you're saying, and I get it. I totally get it. Um, taking out a loan is a big responsibility. Uh, it's been mentioned that maybe parents need to be a little bit more forward with, like, hey, this is the, your financial obligation. Uh huh. This is what you're dealing with. You want a house or you want, want a college degree? Right. <laughs> I, I make. I you know when I took that mortgage, I signed a lot of papers. Oh my! I signed God. a lot of papers. Mm-hmm. I promised to pay that mortgage. I pay that mortgage every month. But uh, she's trying to be proactive because she knows this runs out. She okay, knows eventually she's going to have to. But what happens if mm. they forgive the student loans? That's what. That's why my boys aren't paying because they're like you know they're, what they're betting I, on. They, well, they're they're like we, they could have been paying for the past two years, and then all of a sudden the government says, you know, we're going to forgive the student loans because they would be in there even if it was ten thousand or or fifty whatever it is. Then it's like I kind of feel a little bit bitter. About you know even talking about it, I'm like, well, I paid for college. I did the most responsible thing. Didn't borrow any money. Used my you know m- used my own money. So why shouldn't I get a break too? Then to me, that's like being mad that uh, people who used to um, spin clothes like or you know gather cotton by hand are mad that the cotton gin exists. Yeah. Why I to mean, get I, Why to get It got easier for someone yeah. younger than me. It doesn't affect you. If it doesn't affect me, I don't care. I, so, I know you pay I'm I know you paid yeah. your student loans. But that so is so is every other person if we know that the student loan system is broken. I'm not saying that forgiveness is necessarily the way to do it, but being upset that someone doesn't have to do something later that you had to do previously. <laughs> doesn't make sense yeah. to me well i don't get mad at really? somebody else it makes, getting it makes something sense to me yeah. okay. it's like people no, who rode a boat people who rode a bike yeah. are mad that the car exists yeah. oh i had to walk 10 miles yeah, to school I'd, that's no, like being I'd mad that a bus orange exists and apples to me really because it's about being responsible and then people saying i you know i can't pay it because i took out too much money mm-hmm. i just can't pay it mike and I, the predatory are different mike and st charles those. mike and st charles what do you got love you guys uh, so I've got an FHA loan. So why don't they forgive my FHA loans? This way I don't have a mortgage payment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where, where, where do you draw that line for forgiving loans? When do you stop? Mm. Yeah. I got, you know, $1,000 on, on my credit card for gas. I don't want to pay that. So, okay, forgo my, my, my gas because gas is going up. 
like crazy. Yeah. Although that too. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, a, there's a fundamental argument in there, no doubt about it. Glenn in Morton Grove, what do you have to say? I say we should pay off the, all the student debt because adding another trillion or two to the deficit won't really make that much of a difference. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch, Glenn, it hurts me when you say that. Oh, God. And he, he said trillion, that's with a T. Yeah, T with a, tr- a yeah. trillion with a T. Yeah, because Twelve zeros. Twelve I'll zeros. take your word for it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, there's a fundamental thing in there. You, you, you signed up for this. I, I mean, I hope no one was forced into taking out a, a federal loan. You know, I mean, this is something you entered into. It's an investment you made in yourself. Why shouldn't you have to pay it off? Now, there are predatory loans, and and as a matter of fact, one of these uh, predatory loan companies, Navient, just had to pay a settlement $2 billion. So, which I'm just like, why don't we just wait until all these uh, these loan companies, you know, get charged? Yeah, but the federal government can, isn't going to charge themselves yeah, with predatory loaning. But, but that predatory loan no, thing but that, is they, ridiculous. No, no, this is a company that was, they were facilitating those federal loans. That's why they're being charged. Mm-hmm. So they have to now pay back, erase $2 billion and $400 million in other fines. So that is a good thing. Before you sign on the dotted line of any loan, read the whole thing. Never this remember. predatory loan nonsense is ridiculous. If you sign something that says it's going to charge you 42% interest, <laughs> chances are you're not going to be able to pay it back. Don't sign. Yeah, nobody's putting right. a gun to your head to sign the. Well, yeah. and a lot of these were, um, you know, to resign. Like, oh, you can't pay it. Okay, let's redo your loan. Like, and it's even worse. Yeah, like for worse yeah. terms. And they, you know, and they weren't upfront about it. That's the thing, Rob. You're right. You should read it. But sometimes, you know, do you read every all ninety pages? I read no. every Apple every time Apple sends me the end user agreement. Oh, I read it all the imagine? way. Through. I've never even looked. at Yeah, it. that's what I mean. So. so you you rely on people to be honest, right? Are okay, so- I just said that and realized what I said. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, good morning. Uh, happy Wednesday to you. Bruce and Judy with you. A little rainy still. Should be ending pretty soon. And again, the breaking news. Uh, Alderman Lopez has announced, I guess, via Twitter, <laughs> that he is... Uh, He's running for mayor. We always kind of thought about it. It's something I remember every time he, he joins us. He clarify that right after he said, I'm in. Yeah. For a mayor. Yeah. That's what he meant. Okay. Uh, that uh, every time he's in studio, uh, you ask him if he's running for mayor. I know, <laughs> he, right? so- he sounded like the a guy running for mayor. I don't ask him, yeah. Like every- he sounded like a person who was mm-hmm. who was interested, at least, in the, in the well, job. Well, it's not just like, I think I'll run for mayor. There's all so much that goes oh, into it. Enough. So yeah. he's taken time, and now he's decided. He's decided. He's in. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, talk to him tomorrow on the show. Well, we just reached out. It's a little late in the day, so we will, uh, we'll get him on tomorrow and hear more from Alderman Lopez on his vision for Chicago moving forward. Uh, and give you guys a chance. Make up your own minds, right? Uh, are some people just unable to catch COVID? I, if there, if it's true and, and researchers and scientists are looking at this, I might be one of them because everybody I know has had COVID. Yeah, I I know very few people who have not had COVID. So I am ten foot tall and bulletproof. You know, I will say that when I had COVID and literally like you know D Day that day that I was most I feel infectious. Yeah, I drank out of my daughter's cup on purpose. I didn't know I had COVID. Oh, okay, but I'm I sorry. wasn't okay. feeling well and okay. I shouldn't have. But yeah, it was my I was out. 
anyway, and my son, you know, we had all had our masks on, and I didn't. I, I he was he's very careful anyway, so he was careful. But we both got COVID, and she never got COVID. Same house, and you know, before you know, you okay, have yeah, it. right there, yeah. Now they, of course, they they are researching this. This twenty six yeah. year old uh, Faith Payne, I love this of London. She she uh, agreed to the. It's called a challenge trial. Uh-oh. But I love this part. Researchers dribbled the coronavirus up her nose. Yeah. She still didn't get sick. Okay, Quarantined so- her. She- I know, right? I'm not, I don't want anything dribbled up my nose. <laughs> you're going yeah, the wrong way. When they put that big uh, cotton, you know, the, uh, the swab up your nose, they actually had the coronavirus on it. So they, they, yeah, as opposed to swabbing her for coronavirus, they swabbed her, her with yeah, coronavirus. Exactly. They swabbed it right and into she, her, never developed Like it. me, 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Yeah. yeah. Nothing can affect her. Um, It'll be interesting to see why. Well, I was going to say, and and I think one of the arguments is, and the reason researchers are looking at it is, if they can understand why, well, then maybe they can help more people become immune Absolutely. to it. If it is something that can be done through genetics, uh, you know, or whatever it might be, you could develop something where just the human body is resistant. All human bodies could be resistant to COVID. And that would be a bit of a game changer because we've talked about having to live with it. What does it look like? Because, you know, I, I don't know if you saw this the other day. City of Chicago, CPS said, oh, we're seeing cases start to spike again. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I saw? I, I just moved right on. Don't care. Moving on. Don't care. Well, another stat I saw that I thought was really interesting was zero deaths the other day in Illinois. Oh, really? The when was the last zero? time that had happened, right? If ever. I don't know that it's ever been in zero. In two years. Since it, it, it started. Yeah, since it started, right. right. So I was like, Wow. So yeah, okay. and they're not, and they don't, they're even being careful not to call it a spike. Cases are increasing. Oh, for God's sake! But no one's really nervous, and I think because zero deaths and people are fewer people going to the hospital. So people are getting COVID. Yeah. They're vaccinated. Whatever. Right. It's, it's not or, or they have the natural immunity. Yeah. <laughs> have a lie down. And they're not going. They're they're not jamming up the hospitals, and they're not dying. Mm. The key people. That was the key all along. So, um, uh, my friend, his wife contracted covid over the weekend because i haven't heard a lot a lot of people getting sick recently you know or testing positive kind of felt like it was in the rearview mirror um and she's sick uh, and she vaccinated all that you know mm-hmm. but uh at home and certainly feeling the effects like a very bad flu she's decidedly sick and and i thought it was interesting because i just haven't heard of a lot of people recently that are that are getting sick, you know, that we've been kind of on this this big downhill slide. Well, and I think in our circle, we at most mine anyway, I don't know about your, but you know, almost everyone's vaccinated. There are a couple that aren't. Yeah. Um, I now am, am approaching my the end of my, you know, immunity, vaccine immunity. So I'm going to have to think about getting that fourth. Whatever. Oh, that's right. There's a, the second shot. booster, right? Right. Because I'm now at the end now mm. and I'm counting having having COVID. I'm counting having COVID in six months out. So. Yeah. Or four, whatever it is. I whatever forget. it is. I have to look it up every time. Yeah. Now, I, 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 there's a part of me, and I just haven't gone and done it. I've done it once. I was tested for the antibodies. Because that would tell you if you'd had it before, if you'd been, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe you didn't know. Uh, and I tested negative. I haven't tested for the antibodies recently. Um, so there's a chance that maybe I had it and didn't know it. Right. It was so mild, you know. But... I mean, every test I've ever taken, anytime there's been an outbreak at work or anything and I had to go get tested, I've never, I've never tested positive. And, and it's not an exaggeration. 
Everybody around me has has right. gotten it at least once. Some people but twice. But you have been sick, so you you know there have been a couple times where you've been sick, and that you could have had it, which again is so like it's funny and not in a haha way because now I'm not going to get tested every time I'm sick. You know, I sometimes I just feel I like did I the have home a cold. test last time right. I was sick. Like, I mean, sometimes I just have a cold. I don't test every time right. I'm sick. Right, but, a cold is a cold. But uh, is it? Maybe mm. it is COVID, and now you're passing it around. Yeah, maybe. But if you are, all right. We've moved on. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Wednesday. We jump into our 8 o'clock hour, taking a look at what's coming up. Is Russia guilty of war crimes in the Ukraine? And what can or should the international community do about it? We're talking about that at 845. Bring a furry friend into your home this weekend. We talk with the CEO of Paws Chicago at 830 about how you can be part of their spring adoptathon. And GM wants to get you into an electric car. For less than 30 grand, is that enough to kickstart the EV revolution? And what about those big bad batteries inside? We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But first, Chicago is offering rebates for residents who purchase new security cameras, including those uh, video doorbells, but only if you register the camera with the Chicago Police Department. So what does that mean for your privacy and are we giving away too much information to the city joining us right now is matthew gargia uh policy analyst for the electronic frontier foundation eff uh matthew did i get your last name right gorglia yes go gar gargia uh, say it once more time gorglia okay i'm gonna work on that um so Matthew, uh, you know, we've always heard about these concerns of Big Brother and government watching you all the time. It sounds kind of funny now because uh, with the advent of things like video doorbells, security cameras you can put up around your house or, or inside your house, we're kind of watching ourselves, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, we are enabling uh, what what can essentially... De- go back to CCTV cameras on all of our front doors just by virtue of the fact that they know where all of our cameras are and could very easily request footage from them. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing? Well, I mean, I think we have to be honest about what it is. I mean, it is you subsidizing police's attempt for mass surveillance and not them subsidizing your your attempt at safety. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I I see where you're, you're, how you're coming at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, for normal CCTV cameras put up by the city, uh, they would have to pay for it. And and you would supposedly benefit from that. Here, after years and years and years of throwing so much good money after bad, trying to handle crime through surveillance, through more and more and more policing, suddenly now they're outsourcing a bit of putting up these surveillance cameras. Not to the city, but to you at your expense. Hmm. Yeah, but, you know, they are going to pay for it. And we're talking, you know, one CTV camera that might be on a block compared to 40 ring doorbells with video going at all times. Yeah, that's that's true. There's going to be a lot more cameras catching everything you and your neighbors do. Um, but the question is, you know, what, what's the philosophy behind how these cameras are going to work? How are they going to generate more safety? Uh, the idea would be uh, maybe they prevent crime. Well, there's actually, like, no evidence that cameras, more and more of them prevent crime because we have so much footage of crimes happening. <laughs> Obviously. If, yeah. If, yeah, if the idea is 
that you can use these cameras to get convictions after the fact. Well, then, you know, on a more holistic scale, you have to ask yourself, uh, are these individual convictions one at a time actually doing anything citywide to lower crime rates? Hmm. Matthew, again, is policy analyst at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, bringing up some interesting questions because the city of Chicago going to subsidize your purchase of, of, a, of a video camera, surveillance, video doorbell, et cetera, moving forward. Now, as part of that plan, Matthew, they've said that they cannot uh, access the, the video uh, or store any information without your um, without your approval, uh, you have to opt in. It's not an opt-out type thing. Is there a concern that that might change? That's my worry. Is we say now that we don't have we 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 have to ask your permission for access, but how quickly till it's no, we're taking it one way or the other. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the city would not do this out of just the goodness of their hearts. They are doing this because they think when you get the request in the email or when somebody knocks on your door and asks for a bit of footage, uh, that you will turn it over. Uh, the expectation is that's what's going to happen. Right. Um, and so, you know, you have the right at any time to refuse. Uh, no, I don't think I want to hand over that footage because, you know, I'm worried you might use it because my neighbor is an immigrant or I'm worried you're going to use it for other reasons. Uh, you have the right to say no, but by virtue of that video existing, uh, they can get a warrant from a judge and serve it to you, and you have to turn it over whether you want to or not. Hmm. I guess I just, I mean, I, it's something to think about everything you said, but I, the bottom line for me is it's if it helps, why don't we try it? If it helps crime, even though it is helping the police and they should be doing it, you know, I, I think I'm, as a citizen, willing to do that as long as it's not too intrusive? Sure. I mean, I just, you know, there are there are huge swaths of Chicago, as there are in other cities, uh, that are already covered in cameras, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to do anything. And yet, in exchange, what we have is a lot of cities where, uh, you know, protests have walked down streets where that are lined with ring cameras, and the users are being served with requests for footage of the protests. So uh, there's there's a lot you're also trading away. This is not just going to be used uh, to to catch you know gun crime, and and it's also uh, you know there's no evidence I think that that right off the bat it's going to have an impact. It's going to uh, have the effect people are hoping to have. Interesting. I think another thing to think about with this is also that you know these camera camera making is a money making endeavor. Huh? There are people who are who are going to get rich off of this program, uh, and that somewhere behind the scenes, you have to wonder what this company has offered the city of Chicago in exchange for this program. Interesting. Matthew, now you just said something that makes complete yeah. sense to me, like the red light <laughs> it didn't, cameras. It didn't come out no, of um, now, a whole cloth. I, yeah. Now I get it. Yeah, there's yeah. some lobbying behind the scenes. Matthew, <laughs> thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, policy analyst at the Electronic Frontier Foundation as a security system rebate program um, brings up a variety of issues. I, I didn't yeah, even think about that one is. at the end. On going, the surface, it sounds like, you know, why not? Sure. Mm-hmm. There's a crime. I want to be a good citizen and help. Here you go. Here's the video. But then it becomes a, well, what all things would they be using that video right. for? And are you going to basically do the role of police 
uh, searching for, insert whatever the hell police are looking for in your neighborhood. Right. I mean, now I could see a knock on the door and, uh, you know, we had a suspicious person. Oh, well, you know, that was my son. Well, give us the video anyway. We need to see the video. Right. And, I mean, uh, and the last thing he said is the most poignant to me. You know, of course, there's a company with bated breath waiting at the door <laughs> for that contract. Uh, you're you're going to see yep. these security cameras stacked up at every jewels and mm-hmm. everything. Get yeah. them now! Get your rebate, right? Uh, all you got to do is is plug your camera in, and uh, uh, if the city asks super nicely and you're okay with it, you give it mm-hmm. to them. Again, there is an issue with the idea, and, and I mean, there ought to be... Listen, when you're in public, there's no expectation of privacy. I get that. But should you be filmed and tracked and your movement recorded at every step of the way is that privacy as well because that strikes me as we're getting it we're getting into that slippery slope and whether it's government doing it i.e big brother or it's a network of neighbors doing it if the end result is the same, you're being tracked everywhere you go, I'm less comfortable with it. I mean, if it's anything like the neighbors in, on, in all these groups. Who, oh, the, the oh, neighborhood app? Oh, God. Yeah, then if the cops Next are going to act app. like them, forget yeah. it. Yeah. Again, you know. I, I am... Uh, Why was Joe walking to the corner the other day? I, I turned around in a driveway, and I know, oh, I know for, that I am... You, uh, were you arrested? No, 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 but I know that I'm a huge threat on the Nextdoor mm-hmm. app about yeah. the suspicious guy who uh, was in your, your driveway. And a good morning to you. Uh, are you ready for an honest conversation with Joe Walsh? Well, the former presidential candidate, congressman, rabble rouser, firebrand, the incendiary Joe Walsh, as John Howell refers to him as, is coming for an honest conversation Thursday, May 12th, to uh, the Chevy Chase Country Club in Wheeling. Tickets on sale now at WLSAM.com, including uh, you can actually buy tickets to a little a pre-show. Well, cocktail hour with Joe. Get your picture taken, hang out, etc. Joe Walsh coming Thursday, May 12th. Head over to WLSAM.com and get your tickets now. Do you know, I, 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 and it's always surprising to me. I had to go look it up again because it just, it's one of those things when it comes out of your mouth, it doesn't sound real. One of the largest car manufacturers in the world is currently building cars in normal Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> and you've probably never heard of them. Rivian. Rivian uh, is, um, depending on the day's stock price, one of the top 10 car manufacturers in the world. But I always shake my head at that because they don't have that many cars, right? They've only- they lost $4 billion last year. But their stock continues to perform. Like they lost? Lost $4 billion. Well, it's because they're not, they're not selling cars yet. They're trucks. But yet they're the biggest car manufacturer. One of the biggest. When they when they stock first came out, they were bigger than GM and Ford combined. It's come down since then. Okay. Um, but they're they right certainly there. are. They're certainly employing a lot of people. Like employ a lot of people. 5, they're moving forward. They got a big deal with Amazon where they're going to uh, uh, be building basically the Amazon trucks and vans you see right now. The plan is in the future they'll all be the Rivian uh, variant of in some way, shape, or form. But it's pretty amazing. Uh, on how it seems at least Wall Street and a lot of people are betting on an electric future, right? That it's all going to be about electric cars. Um, to the point that Honda and GM, two other pretty big car manufacturers, are getting together to build what they call is 
kind of a next generation electric car with a new kind of battery in it that's going to bring the cost way down. And I mean way down. Half, $30,000. They think so, they can put so out a car, car right for now less than costs $60,000 for an EV car. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, Teslas are somewhere in that range, right? I, I, again, you I don't own a one. Tesla for a lot cheaper, I think, than that. A baseline Tesla, yeah, maybe baseline, 40. Yeah. About fifty to sixty. Fifty to sixty for a Tesla. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know, and I, I throw it out there. If anybody's driving in an electric car right now, I got questions. I'd, I'd love to talk to you seriously. And by the way, is Wait. every Tesla electric? Yes. Three one two five nine one eighty nine hundred. Three one two five nine one eighty nine hundred. Uh, Tesla does, does has no gas, no gas. powered. Not anything. even a hybrid. Only the trucks. That carry Teslas to the dealers or gas. That's going to change soon as well. Don't worry. They got a Tesla truck coming. Um, but will a $30,000 price point be the thing that gets people to ditch their quote unquote gas guzzler? See, this, I'm one of those consumers who waits. I don't rush out and buy ever. Okay. Because you're not going to be first on this. I'm not. It's like the iPhone. I don't ever buy the latest iPhone. I wait for all the kinks to be worked out. So there are some kinks, specifically these batteries that have started on fire. I mean, they've had some problems. So I'm going to wait until ever. And, you know, and as some of our listeners pointed out, they don't. I mean, I see the um, not the Phillips, the uh, electric to power the power stations, the charging all over, stations, charging stations. Yeah. Okay, I see them a lot, but there aren't nearly enough. If we all have electric cars right now, well, and and it's, and there appears to be a bit of a chicken and egg argument going on, where the people that build charging stations say, "Well, we're not going to put we're not going to put them in on every street corner in Chicago until there's enough electric cars to do them." Right. And then, like you're saying, with an I'm not getting an electric car until I can see a charging station in every corner. But I have seen a lot of charging stations and i think rob had mentioned the suburbs i think there's there are a lot of them in the suburbs they're everywhere i, I you go to like I, a costco I or, and i can't because it's a charging or station. malls there seem to be oh, they put like a, a clustering of them together yeah. uh, department stores rob, everywhere rob as part of the things that i do not know and you being the host of drive chicago indeed fantastic program it on is WLS. a good show um do you have to pay at those charging stations? If I pull up and I plug my car in, is there like a meter? Do I got to put? A, is I got to put a credit Not card in? Yeah, it it depends. There will be in a lot of these electric cars. They're very high tech, of course. What will happen is that the car will be linked to some sort of payment system to you, and then when you plug it in, no matter you know if it's a ten minute charge or a half an hour charge, you will be charged for the electricity you use to charge. My your car vehicle. will bill me. Is that currently how it works, Rob? With or is some, that going with, to with, with some, some? Yeah, because yeah. the ones I see, they're free. Yeah, would be, well, yeah, it's not not for long. Not for yeah, they're, they're exactly. Monetize That's why I said that. Yeah. So, the, so the yeah. idea is that some of these charging stations are free now right. as an enticement, and then all of a sudden you're going to go there one day, and it's going to say, "Please insert your credit card." And then, well, and no, then you, you won't have to do that. Won't even have to do no, that. You, you're you'll, right. you'll have your, your Visa or Mastercard you, linked attached to your, to car. your Tesla, Ugh. and when you plug it into the tier two charging station, it will automatically read that and then bill you accordingly. I'm Amazing. waiting for my yeah. Apple phone, so I can just hold my phone up to the car and it will charge it. Because I, you know, that's gonna, you know, it'll be an app. What was great is I saw a picture recently of a gas-powered generator charging an electric car. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you hear all this talk of electric cars, you may be surprised to find out that of the cars on the road in the United States today, less than 1% are electric. We're talking about electric cars like they're on every street corner when the reality is 
99% of us still have to go to a gas station. But as you pointed out, every commercial, car commercial these days, mm-hmm. is it's, an electric. It seems or, like it's electric, electric, electric. I feel electric. like I, I was just getting used to hybrid. It's like we've already passed that. It, if you don't even have a hybrid. That we did. It's um, Really, everyone I know who has an electric car, I'll call it, is a hybrid car. I don't know anyone who has a straight-out electric car. your 890 each day well you can make it awful darn easy and just listen with your smart speaker all you have to do is enable the skill just say alexa enable the wls skill or you can visit the skills section of your alexa smartphone app and search for wls am 890 either way after you've enabled the skill it's super easy to listen all you gotta do is say alexa open wls all right little atomic dog for you oh it is always a joy to be joined by Susanna Homan CEO of Paws Chicago good morning Susanna I love my lead-in music yes this is one of my favorite jams. it was either Thank that or you. who let the dogs out it was one of the two and we figured let's <laughs> let's keep the dogs in for now because you have an amazing adoptathon coming up tell me a little bit about what's going on yeah well this is spring litter season, and a lot of people may not realize, but right about this time of year, a lot, especially kittens, a lot of kittens are born, and a lot of puppies too, and so we host an adoptathon every spring so that people will kind of clear us out so we can make room for all of the incoming pets. Uh, it's really important because we we like to bring in as many as we can, and our only limitation is how many adopters or fosters we have, so the more people adopt right now, the more room we'll have to take more in. So, and how do people go about doing this? Are you staying open later or more, you know, more places being open? Exactly. So we've extended our hours. We've added adoption appointments. We always take walk-ins too, but the adoption process requires someone to introduce you to the pet in another room. Like, so it's better if you have an appointment because then we are sure to have someone waiting for you to walk you through and introduce you to any pets you're interested in meeting. But even without an appointment, Come on and check out the pets and see what's available. We have a lot of really sweet animals oh. right now. Well, Susanna, that's part of the process, right? It's kind of matching you up with a with a pet that that you want, and I'm going to be nice to say, and and that the pet is compatible to you as well, right? How do you guys go about figuring that the little mechanics out? It's it's yes, it's good old fashioned matchmaking, and <laughs> we do it in a very modern way. We have people take a quiz called compatibility. I see what you did there. I know, wink, wink. <laughs> and then you it, you basically answer questions like, how many hours of the day are you home? Because if you work from home, it's different than if you leave home to go to work. Different pets can handle being left alone for eight or, eight or nine hours, and mm. others we know would be better off having someone at home. So, for instance, kittens need a lot of playtime and enrichment, so we wouldn't send a kitten home with someone who um, isn't home a lot. But, you know, there are lots of pets that are mature <laughs> adult cats and and adult dogs and even seniors that maybe require a little bit less so we try to assess the lifestyle and the home environment too we know which dogs can handle going on an elevator in a condo building and which ones can't we know the ones that need a fenced in yard because maybe they don't like to see other dogs on walks and then we know the ones that are super friendly and would love to go to a dog park every day Hmm. so we ask all those questions so that we can we can make the right match based on the adopter's lifestyle now, awesome. the adopter, doesn't the adopter usually go in knowing the kind of dog 
he or she wants or and cat. having or cat <laughs> and having already looked at your website and said, Oh, I love this dog, I've gotta have it. Like Norm here. Fell in love. Yeah. I know. Well, it kind of yes and no because we update the website every day, but then literally we open our doors and within an hour the inventory changes. And oh. so we tell people just come and see what we have because also um it's 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 a constant flow and we don't hold pets and that's something the reason we do that is because let somebody say, let's say somebody says to us, "Oh, I'll be in in 3 days. Can mm. you hold that dog for me?" And then they never show up and then that poor dog was sitting in a shelter for an extra three days. So we just say, come in, see what we've got. You can look at our website for a preview, but that usually there are other pets kind of coming in all day, every day. So it's, you never know what you're going to find. Uh, I mean, if you think about it that way, right? You you, you go into the, the Paws Chicago uh, m- multiple adoption centers, and you're going you're gonna to see a variety of pets, some of them that may have just showed up. It's true. And the other thing is our team knows the stories behind the pets. So yesterday I was at the adoption center. There's a cat named Romney. He's an adult cat. And he came to us six weeks ago from animal care and control. And he, we think, um, our veterinarian said they think he had been in a, attacked by a raccoon. raccoon. Oh, no. And his whole face had... Um, these sores that we had to drain. So this poor little cat had drains all over his face mm. and then it scabbed over. And if you would have seen him a month ago, you would have said, oh, you know, what's going to happen to that poor mm. cat? And he's at our adoption center now, good as new, <laughs> fully healed, handsome. Um, <laughs> he looks like Garfield the cat. He's just like <laughs> plush, fluffy, good-looking cat. And if you walk by his room, you may not know this, but if you talk to one of our adoption counselors or volunteers, they'll tell you his whole story and show you the before pictures. So it's kind of a part of the experience, I think, to just walk through and hear all these little stories and see what these amazing pets have either survived or, you know, some of them are are kittens and puppies and their story is just beginning. That, see, I don't have the backstory on my little Lucky and I wish I did. I sort of a little bit maybe, but really I don't know where he's from, you know, what he went through, I think uh, some trauma. But, and I do see on your website Hurricane Ida. Wow. Yeah. Still, and, still having oh, yeah. pets yes. that were displaced? And I wanted to ask you then, uh, Susanna, what about um, Ukraine? Do you think anything's going to happen with pets coming from Ukraine? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we're looking into that right now, and we've been talking to a shelter in Poland because just as there are human refugees uh, in Poland, and we we see a lot of pets winding up in mm-hmm. Poland, one of, the, one of the things we found is that the CDC does not want to bring pets from Ukraine for six months uh, mm-hmm. after they arrive in Poland just because of um, it's a high-risk country for rabies. So what we're exploring right now is just kind of doing what, what we do at, at uh, during natural disasters, which is seeing if we can help take the pets that are already there to make room for more. So we're working on that at, on that right now, but it's it's definitely complicated um, because it's international. Uh, but uh, yes, that's we, we always look to see how we can help in a crisis for sure. So the spring adoptathon is getting ready to kick off. Where can people find out more? In- information and Susanna like you said maybe do a little little browsing fall in love over and over again with some of the amazing <laughs> pets at pause 
I do it every day. Yesterday, yesterday I, I uh, got some chin bites from a cute little puppy that's going to be at the Adopt-a-Thon tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I love puppy bites. The little nibbles, the, ki- the kissy nibbles. So go to our website, pawschicago.org, and you can browse many of the pets. But the, the cool thing is, at any given time, we have five or 600 pets in our inventory at different stages of adoptability. Some of them have just arrived at our medical center, and maybe they need to have surgery. We spay and neuter all of our pets. We mm-hmm. microchip and vaccinate. So you get a ready-to-go pet when you come to pause. Um, and I should mention, some of them have these incredible survivors, survival stories. And um, there's a misconception that all shelter pets have been through trauma, and really most of them haven't. Many of them were either were just born, you know, or what we see is um, people giving up their pets voluntarily. Maybe, voluntarily, and so the pet has lived in a home, and then they arrive at the shelter, and maybe they're in a home a week later. So um, it's not it's not always necessarily true that they've been through trauma some have um, but they are always looking for a loving home and they give love like nothing else and if you want to feel like a good human every day then just wake up every day and, and look at your shelter pet and know that you saved a life so uh, so for us this is part of building a no-kill Chicago we're making room for kitten and puppy litter season and we would love to have people come and visit us over the next week Susanna, consider adopting. thank you so very much and uh, best of luck and I know it'll be an awesome event I want them all <laughs> Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Susanna Holman is the CEO of Paws Mm -hmm. Chicago. I'm coming here to pet pet the dog. Which one? All of them. I want to pet all of them, for goodness sakes. You don't just pet them, you get them. Um, Have war crimes been committed in the Ukraine? It seems like there's a lot of evidence backing that up. Okay, so now what? And here's a question I have for you. What is your red line? Is there an incident? Is there a weapon? Is there something that would happen? That would make you say the United States and NATO need to get more involved in this war. 312-591-8900. Back with some of your comments next on 890 WLS. Good morning. Taking a look at traffic at 847. Let's start off on the Eisenhower inbound. This is I-290 between Mannheim and the Burn Interchange. A 47-minute delay over that stretch. Eden's inbound between Oakton and Montrose. 20 minutes there. 37 minutes when you get to the Kennedy inbound between Cumberland and Montrose on the Stevenson. I-55 inbound between First and Kedzie. And half an hour delay over that span. And over on the Tri-State, southbound between the...